Praise the Lord, y'all. It's time to get started. You see our young people before us. Come on, put your hands together. Give God a praise this morning. As our young people come, praise the Lord. Lead praise this morning. Come on, one more time for the, for the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost as they come. All right, technical problems, technical problems. Put it in airplane mode, baby. Put it in airplane mode.
Come on, y'all, put your hands together for our young people. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful. Let's give our young people another big, big round of applause. Amen. I think that's a good way to get started, to get our children involved. Amen. We thank them for all that they do and for those who teach them to do what they do. We thank God for them. Amen. This time now, we're going to ask the pulpit if they will come and share the blessings for us. This morning, what comes to mind is the idea that suffer little children to come unto me, right? And we who are responsible to train them up. As we enter into the service and corporate prayer, let us pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father. You were so gracious to wake us up this morning. And we just want to say thank you. You didn't have to do it, but you did. And we are so grateful. God, we ask a special blessing on all of the members of the church and friends who are listening by way of online services. And we thank you for our members who are shut in and allow us to come and visit with them and speak with them. And God, we thank you for our children. Such blessings that you've loaned to us. We ask God a special blessing upon the guiding forces of the young adult leaders and all of the ministry leaders that impact their lives. God, we thank you for every ministry in this church. We thank you for our mothers and our deacons and our trustees and our urchers and our choir members, Lord. Everyone that gives service from the front to the back, we thank you, Lord. And God, as we enter this service this morning, many of us have gone through a very troubling week. Elections didn't turn out like we expected. Families didn't act the way that we wanted. Jobs had problems. But we're here giving you all honor and praise. Because we made it through it, Lord. And we know that you are still in charge. And whatever happens, from the national government to the local government, we know that you got our back. And we are grateful, Lord, because we know you are the one that can decide if the highest or the lowest. We know that you are the one that will make sure that what is for us is for us. 
And God, we're just going to give you all honor and praise. We're going to put all aside any problems, any confusion, any doubts this morning. And we're going to worship you in glory and in honor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, God. We praise your holy name. We thank you for the pastor. We know he's going to bring a mighty word. And God, we're asking you to let us receive it in our hearts. And when we leave here, let us share it with someone. And always be able to tell someone that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And all the saints say amen. 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 We ought to be able to say amen again together. Wonderful, powerful prayer. We thank God for allowing us to come together one more time. He didn't have to do it, but he did it anyway, and we thank him for all of his many kind blessings. This time, we're going to ask that we please um, look at the response to reading, and let's read together on the board. May we read together, the steadfast love of the Lord never ever ceases, his mercies never come to the end, great is greatness. Isn't that heavy? Let's try that. Let's, let's say that again. Say it like we really mean it. responding with that is a wonderful hymn that we all are quite familiar with and I'm going to call it Great Is Thy Faith. Now let's sing like we never sung before. Come on.
Great is our faithfulness. Seems like that sounds like a whole lot to me. Amen. We're going to pause just for a moment, just give you a few announcements. And, and of course, we have a card here. We're going to ask that you continue to pray for our sick and shut-in members. I know that you know who they are, but even if you don't, the Lord knows. So we just ask that you please pray for them. We ask that you also pray for the family of Sister Ruth Childs that was laid to rest on yesterday. And, you know, we all going to face that. So we ask you to please pray for that family as well. We ask you to pray for Sister Rosalind. You know that she's normally here, but because of the situation, she's not here today. But we ask again that you continue to pray. Also, Brother Gross, I don't think he's back there again today, but we ask you to please pray for him. And if we all pray, I know that the Lord will answer. Amen. So we also ask that you please continue to pray for Reverend King. I understand that he's incapacitated and need the prayers of the church as well. Amen. We have a thank you note here. Bless you for your giving heart as kind as it can be. Bless you in a thousand ways for truly blessing me. Sincerely, this comes from the Laura family, the Joe Laura family, uh, in the death of his brother Charles Laurie, for rights and Laurie families on the death of their, again, first cousin. We ask that you please pray for the family, Reverend Robert Toombs, as well. Amen. I believe these are announcements here. We're going to get some additional announcements from the media. Media, you're on. Good morning, Kay Chapel. Please remember that the Billy Brumfield Shelter Blanket Drive will end on December the 5th. Be sure to place your donation in the marked receptacle in the Fellowship Hall. Thanking you in advance for your support of this effort. The Kay Chapel Youth Department presents More Precious Than Rubies. The Junior Senior Miss Kay Chapel pageant will take place on December the 9th at 3 o'clock in the Willie Wright Family Life Center. All are invited to attend. Our King has come and we are excited to celebrate our annual Christmas cantata. Join us on December the 16th at 6 p.m. at the New Horizon Church International as we celebrate the Christmas season. It's first Sunday here, Kay, which means we're celebrating your birthdays. Happy birthday to everyone with a birthday during the month of December. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events and to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family. Just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K-Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. God bless you. We're going to just pause right now, and I know we have some out there that's not yet members of this congregation, so if that is you, we're going to ask all of our visitors, and again, if you are not yet a member of this congregation, then you are a visitor. We're going to ask you to please stand. Let us thank you for coming and you back. All visitors, please stand up. Stand up, visitors. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. 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 God bless you. Won't you remain standing for just a moment? Amen. We want you to know on behalf of our senior pastor, Reverend Reginald Buck, our pastor, Mr. Reverend Horace Buck, the entire K Chapel family, just so happy you chose to worship with us today. If you're just visiting, please come anytime and schedule live. But if by chance you're looking for a church home before you leave today, we're going to try to convince you you just found a home. And while you're standing, we're going to give you something you can only get here at K Chapel Mystery Baptist Church. This is our fellowship here. Won't you reach out and welcome your neighbor? Welcome to K Chapel.
around him. Lord of all, we thank you for your participation. Again, we thank you for your presence. This time now, we're going to pause for a time in our service where we all can participate. Just don't forget that you can't be God-given. Amen. We're going to ask you to prepare to give, and the more you give, the more he will give to you. I'm, I'm sure of that, so we're going to ask that you prepare to give. And just remember that the early morning service, we only do one offering, so we ask that you prepare to give now as you see fit. We'll have a spoken word from the pulpit, and after that, we'll have an ushers come, and this choir will give us a song. So at this time, we're going to ask that you please receive the words from the pulpit. But this I say, he which... Soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. May God add the blessing to the hearers and the doers of his holy and inspired words. Let's just quiet.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is worthy. He is worthy of all of the praise. Why, preacher? Why is he worthy? Let me tell you why. Because we were bad, but God has been good in his love. He gave us his only begotten son. We celebrate Christmas this month, but every day is a day of thanksgiving. We should praise the Lord in everything that we do. The Bible says from the coming up of the sun until the going down of the same, we should praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father God, we thank you for this offering which has been raised. We ask that you will bless it in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let the church say amen. Let's say amen again. Anybody got any, any worshipers in the house this morning? Anybody come to praise the Lord? Y'all mind voices? Y'all mind? With my whole heart, I will bless him. With my spirit, I will praise him. With my soul, I will say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will. With my spirit, with my soul, I will say, awesome God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Listen, if you're, a, if you're a December birthday baby, stand to your feet. Let us wish you a happy birthday. Look at She popped right up. December. Amen. All the December babies. Happy birthday. <laughs> God bless you. Hallelujah. bless you god bless you god bless you god bless you amen listen we do want to remind you if you came today prepare to uh contribute to 
the lifetime membership of your NAACP uh, membership. Uh, you can do that after the benediction in the, in the fellowship hall, just our, our back here. Uh, I believe it's $30. Is it $30? That's right, $30. $30 for an annual membership. Amen. So for the year, $30. And whatever you want to contribute to your lifetime, you can do that this morning as well uh, in the fellowship hall. God bless you and God keep you as our prayer. Y'all got me out of breath, voice. Good God Almighty. Amen. We're going to let them do it one more time. God bless you. We ask you to pray for them as they come, and this will help prepare us to receive the message for the morning.
you know you you ought not shout more for your football team than you do for your God. You ought not get more excited for them boys or whoever your team is. You, you ought not get more excited about that when you think I mean, because after a few years, them boys gonna be some more boys, but my God is gonna still be on the throne forever and ever. And we worship him because he's worthy, so worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. Bless his holy name. God is good. Thank you, voices, for worshiping him and inviting us to worship him with you. Oh, let us worship him together. Hallelujah. I want to invite your attention to the gospel according to St. Luke. St. Luke chapter number two as we begin making our way toward Christmas, the birth of Christ, this being the first Sunday of the Advent season. I want to invite your attention to Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter number 2, beginning with verse number 1. We're going to dive right into the story itself. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus, that all the world should be taxed. This taxing was first made by Cyrenius, the governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great, with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. This first Sunday of Advent, I want to encourage you Take a journey with me for the next few Sundays as we try to unwrap the Christ of Christmas. Unwrapping the Christ of Christmas. Unwrapping the Christ of Christmas. As we approach the celebration of Christ's birth, my prayer for us is that in and through all of that that has become holiday noise masquerading as Christmas cheer, I pray that we might be able to encounter afresh the Christ of Christmas. My hope 
is that in all of our socials and soirees and all of our parties and potlucks, our pageants, parades, and programs, all of our secret Santas and Christmas concerts that we would see with new eyes and hear with new ears and receive with new hearts the Christ of Christmas. For to do so would dramatically transform not only how we see Christmas, but how we view the world and how we in fact live in it. To authentically see the Christ of Christmas would shift our perspective and challenge our priorities. To hear the Christ of Christmas would require that we listen more intently to the voice of God and to the heartbeat of humanity. To encounter the Christ of Christmas would require that we align ourselves more closely and purposefully with the poor. Because at its core, Christmas is an invitation to identify with the needy. I know you weren't expecting that. Christmas at its core is an invitation for all of us to identify with the needy, to sit with those who live outside of life's margins, to engage in the drama of the oppressed, and to be found with the forgotten and the left out. That is the invitation of Christmas. I know it's hard to reimagine Christmas in those terms and like that because the world has wrapped Christmas up in everything except what it is. With all of its Black Friday sales and all of its doorbuster savings, it's difficult to beat back the bush of what Christmas has become. But if we were to strip Christmas to its essential nature, we would find a story of simplicity that was born out of poverty. We would find a story of tyranny that oppressed and subjugated people to a life of subservience. We would find a complex story of the convergence of divinity, humanity, and paternity. A careful reading of the New Testament narratives in their historical context will let us reclaim the biblical Christ of Christmas and help us to clear away the world's wrappings so that we truly encounter and can be changed by this Christ and his birth. When we look at the historical context of Christ's birth, this text places us, when we read this text, this text that we just read places us in an uncomfortable setting. I know you didn't feel it because we read it all the time and, and it's become a part of the Christmas story. And the Christmas story is a nice story. No, it ain't. Mm -mm. Now, when you read this story in its historical context, this is not pretty. This begins with, number one, a story of tyranny. Luke says that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the world should be taxed. Caesar Augustus, Caesar Augustus is, is the Roman emperor of, 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 of the, the Roman Empire. And, 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 and remember, Rome at this time is steadily expanding its empire. It, it, it's gaining more and more territory. It's taking over all of the countries in the eastern Mediterranean, including northern Africa and in Egypt and Asia Minor and modern-day Turkey and Syria and eventually Judea. 
And the way that Rome maintained control of their territories was by setting up at the little provinces or a little mini nations. And over those mini nations, they would set up little mini kings. You, you remember the king of Judea at that time was King Herod. Y'all remember Herod, don't you? Herod was the one that the wise men came to and said, we heard that there's a new king born. Where, where is he who is born king of the Jews? That's that Herod who's been set over Judea by Caesar Augustus. They're steadily expanding the Roman Empire. And it is in the context of Roman occupation of Judea that Jesus is born. When another country had invaded his country and taken over, that's the context where Jesus is born. Rome has conquered the land of the Jews. And in order to not only keep it conquered but to control it, Caesar has now ordered that there be a census. Everybody is ordered to go back to their homeland, their birthplace to be registered or counted in the census. And this census would be a tool that Rome would use in order to determine how much taxes they would put upon the people and to also maintain control over their territories. Why? Because if we can count them, we can control them. So, so let's count them. Let's know how many of them there are. And when we know how many of them there are, we'll know how many troops to put in place just in case they try to get an insurrection. Good God Almighty. If you count them, you can control them. If, if, if you know how many of them there are, th then you can do what you need to do in order to stay in control. That's the context that Jesus is born in. Rome is occupying his homeland. Every aspect of life for his people were being determined by a foreign occupier. And when you keep this historical context in mind, it should bring that much more depth and awe to his birth. Because here was the Messiah being born in the context of an expanding Roman Empire. Caesar Augustus is attempting, in fact, to make himself a God. Read the history. He in fact calls himself the son of God. And he wants everybody else to refer to him as the son of God. And yet here is this man, Caesar Augustus, who thinks of himself as the son of God. Being used by God to bring the son of God. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Watch this. Because, because it was the census. That caused Joseph to go back to Bethlehem. You do remember 600 years prior. Yet it was the prophet that said out of Bethlehem there shall come one. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. What are you saying preacher? I'm saying isn't it amazing that sometimes God will even use evil folk. To perform his perfect will that sometimes God will use folk who ain't even got God on their mind to do what he wants them to do. Caesar didn't have anything in mind about there being a son of God other than himself. But he sends this decree. Joseph and Mary pack up their belongings. Go back to his homeland. 
to fulfill that prophecy from Malachi 5 and 2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small, small among the clans of Judah, out of you shall come for me one who will be ruler over Israel. That is the prophecy 600 years before Christ's birth. And, Christ, and God arranges it to use an evil man. Remember Harrington, that's why I'm not too worried about these elections. I mean, don't get me wrong, I do my part. I encourage you to do your part. But if who I vote for don't get the seat that I want them to get, I know there's another seat that's never up for election. There's another seat that can't nobody occupy but God himself. And, and in four years or six years, when, when that seat gets undone, his seat is always filled. God is in complete control. The Lord can use anybody to cause his will to manifest because in the end he is God. So when you start to unwrap the Christ of Christmas, the first thing you see is the story of tyranny. He's born under Roman rule. He can't even be what every Jew Wanted to be in their own country without somebody saying something about it. That, that's the context of his birth. But then when you keep unwrapping the Christ of Christmas, not only is it a story of, Christ, of tyranny, but this is a story of paternity. It's a story of fatherhood. But while we sing the song, uh, What Child Is This? Joseph was singing, whose child? <laughs> Mary, whose child? Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Joseph is met with some unwelcome news that causes him to go and have a talk with the Lord. The woman that he loved was engaged to marry just told him that she was carrying a baby and it wasn't his. So y'all looking at me, it's in the text. That's the story y'all don't want to deal with. I'm having a baby, Joseph, and it ain't yours. Look at me funny all you want to. That's the story. Now you got to imagine, this does not set well with Joseph. As it wouldn't set well with anyone who's preparing to get married. Mary has to somehow convince Joseph that even though she's having a baby, that she has not been cheating on him. And that this child that she is carrying is the product of God's Holy Spirit. She got a lot of talking to do. Explain that. 
And all of this is on Joseph's shoulders. And Joseph says, basically, I got to go think about this. Joseph determines that it's too much for him. But because he loves Mary, he says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put you away privately. What he's saying is, Mary, I love you too much to expose you. Because if I expose you, they might kill you. And I love you too much to, to, to let folk talk about you and, and, and stone you to death. So, so, so let's just call it off. Let's just call it off. Don't nobody have to ask any questions. We just fell out of love. Joseph is working it out in his mind how he's going to deal with it, but the angel comes to him and says, no, Joseph, you're not the daddy, but you're going to raise the boy. See, see this, this, is, this, is, this is a story of paternity. This verse tells us that Joseph was just a man. That does not mean that he was a hard man. He was a man who was willing to protect Mary, even though as far as he knew, she had wronged him hor horribly. He was kind, he was compassionate, he was merciful, and undoubtedly grieving over Mary and how she had wronged him, but still wanting to shield her. And in so doing, he jeopardizes his entire future. In doing so, he was jeopardizing, I say, his entire future. Think about it. For what father would give his daughter to a man who had divorced his pregnant fiance years earlier? All Joseph knew was that if he had stayed with Mary, he was going to be raising somebody else's son. Hmm. Our God did not choose poorly when he chose the man who would be tasked for raising his son. When he says, Joseph, you're the man, we should understand that God saw something in this man. It said, even though you're not the daddy, you're going to be his dad. Joseph was willing to take on the task of raising Jesus as his own. And I need you to see that when you unwrap the Christ of Christmas, you are unwrapping a story about fatherhood and what it means to be a father, what it means to raise a son as your own, what it means to deal with the ridicule and the rhetoric of others when you know what they are saying about you, but yet you take on the responsibility as your own. When you the baby's daddy and you're okay with that yeah God so loved the world that he gave us his son but God so loved Jesus that he gave Jesus Joseph 
a man who would love him, a man who would raise him, a man who would teach him a trade, a man who would provide for him, a man who would protect him when they tried to kill Jesus when he was just a baby. He got his baby boy and Mary and said, let's go to Egypt and get him out of harm's way. Because even though he's not mine, he is mine. It's a story of paternity. He's mine. And he's mine because I love you. God says, I've got a father for him. He's going to stand in the gap for him. He's going to show up for his baseball games. And he's going he's to teach him how to work tools. And he's going to teach him how to cut the grass. And he's going to show him how to be a man. And he's going to show him how to, how, to, how to be, how to be, how to be a man of purpose, a man of passion man of conviction it's a story of tyranny it's a story of paternity but this last thing I've been trying to get to this is a story of poverty text says verse 7 she brought forth her first son firstborn son wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end we have done a fantastic job romanticizing Christmas. Isn't this cute? Isn't that cute? That's so cute. Cute little lambs. Nice little donkey. Twinkly stars. We've done a fantastic job of sanitizing and romanticizing the harsh, cruel conditions of Christ's birth. We have made the setting of Christ's birth one of nostalgia with rustic charm and minimalistic chic, but there is nothing cute about poverty. Ain't nothing cute about this. Most modern depictions of the nativity look just like this with rustic countryside retreat causing us to lose sight of the fact of the context that Christ was born in abject poverty. This was no cabin retreat. This was no mountainside chalet. This was no camping trip that would bring back fond memories. This was an uninsulated barn. The wind blew through the unsealed boards. The coal crept up through the straw floor. The light of the moon came through the uncovered roof. The stench of fresh manure filled the night air. It was in this context that this young girl gave birth to her first child. That wasn't cute. The only shelter that was left was the back of a barn. And out back in the barn, your Savior was born. To a poor peasant couple. Mother had been saving scraps of material to swaddle her newborn child in. She never thought she'd have to swaddle him so tight to keep him warm in the night air. Surely she thought he'd be born inside. 
But scripture says in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet he for your sake became poor. That ye through his poverty might be rich. I believe that this context of Christ's birth, deciding to come in the form of humility and in the context of poverty, calls us to see people in their humanity. He comes like that so that we would not be so quick to overlook people. Because you never know where God's going to show up. Who would have thought that the God of the universe would have shown up in a barn? Who who would have thought that the God of the universe would have allowed himself to be wrapped in rags and swaddling? Who would have thought God of the universe would come in human form and allow himself to be born in a place that smelled of barn animals? The Christ of Christmas demands that we don't overlook people because of their background. Christ of Christmas demands that we don't leave people out because of their economic status. The Christ of Christmas demands that we pay attention to people wherever they are, whoever they are, however they are. The Christ of Christmas means that we take notice of humanity and give attention to those whom the world overlooks. The Christ of Christmas says that greatness is not determined how big you come into the world, but rather how much you do in the world. The Christ of Christmas. When we dare to get beyond the superficial perspective of Christmas, we will see that the Lord is calling us to a deeper experience and a more dynamic encounter with him through humanity, loving humanity, serving humanity, giving to humanity. I believe that when we unwrap the Christ of Christmas, we see the opportunity for us to worship God more fully, to love more deeply, to live more simply, and to give more personally. When we encounter this Christ, we are asked to live, I say, more simply. I'm wrapping it up here. But at some point, we've got to ask ourselves if the things that we've made life about, the things that we've made Christmas about, the things that we've made success about, we've got to ask ourselves if those are the things that really matter. Remember Jesus would later teach his disciples that life is more than food and raiment. And as his followers, we must first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all of these things will be added. Christmas calls us true believers. Watch this. To live more simply. I know you didn't want to hear that. Some teenager looking real cross right now saying, you messing up my Christmas preaching. <laughs> to live more simply. Christ of Christmas asks us to love more deeply. Joseph loved Mary enough to take on ridicule and rhetoric. Don't, can't you hear his boys? I'm talking about Joseph's boys. 
Can't you hear? I mean, his partners, Joseph. What you doing, man? She what? And you gonna do what? I mean, you know how we do. And Joseph was willing to take all of that on because he loved her deeply. Mary loved God deeply to the extent that when she didn't even understand why God was choosing her, she said, Lord, I am your handmaiden. Whatever you say, let it be done. And then finally, this Christ of Christmas calls us to give more personally. While we're out searching for those perfect gifts for Christmas, perhaps the best gift you can give this Christmas would be the gift of your time with others. Mm. 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 See, because that's going to cost you something. See, for some of us, it's easier to take out our wallets than it is to take out our time. Some of, us, some of us are good at buying gifts, but terrible at spending time. Perhaps, perhaps it's giving more personally, giving more of your undivided attention. Say it again, because somebody was on their phone. Giving more of... Mm. Giving more of your undivided attention. Perhaps the best gift you can give is a gift of concern that you extend to people and their issues. That you might actually take their issues on as your own. Let's unwrap the true Christ of Christmas and experience Christmas afresh and anew. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine on you. Be gracious unto you and give you his peace. God, how grateful we are for this first Sunday of Advent, this season of your birth, your coming. Time when you gave up all of the glory of heaven to give of yourself here on earth. Lord, you didn't have to do that, but we're so glad that you did. And, and since you did, God, we ask now that, that this Christmas would be different from all others, that we would be willing to look beyond the superficial and, and past all that, that we've allowed the world to tell us that Christmas is and about, but rather we would come back to the biblical Christmas one that says that we should identify and align ourselves with those who are oftentimes left out those who are forgotten about that we should in fact live, strive to live more simply we should look at loving each other more deeply and give of ourselves more personally for in that way we experience the true meaning of love, joy hope and peace let it be O oh God 
Let there be peace on earth, yes. But let it begin with us. Now we pray, oh God, for someone who is here and needs to experience you in a new way, oh God. Needs to experience you perhaps for the first time or, or needs to come back to you, oh God. You know where they are. You know where they sit. We ask, oh God, now that by your spirit, by your power and your presence, you will move up on the altar of their hearts and invite them to accept this invitation. Say yes to you in a brand new way, opening their hearts completely, opening their lives fully and saying, Lord, here am I. Use me. I'm your servant. Now, listen, if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're here this morning and you don't have a church home, if you're here this morning and you've already given your life to Christ, but perhaps you need to rededicate your life. You need to come back to him and say, I'm, I'm starting over again. I'm doing it over again. I need, to, I need to come back to the true meaning of my faith. And in fact, my fellowship with you. If, if either of those descriptions fit your situation, we invite you to come right now. The doors of the church are open. You can come down by letter by Christian experience as a candidate for baptism. The doors of the church are open. Jesus Christ is the open door. Won't you come now? Christ is all. Christ. 
got one more in you. Christ is all. He's everything, everything yeah, to yeah. me. Christ is all. Christ is all. Christ is all. Said he he say amen again. Amen. We thank God for these who are here. We ask Brother Brown. Brother Brown, you're coming, wanting to join under watch care. Is that right? Yes, sir. Amen. God bless you. Coming under watch care means that you're going to retain your membership at your home church. But while you're here with us, that this will be the place where you will come for your spiritual enrichment, your edification. This will be the place of, that serves as your spiritual home while you're away from home. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Amen. God bless you. You've already been baptized? Yes, sir. God bless you. If this church accepts you as a member, you're going to be a faithful member. Yes, sir. God bless you. We want you to go here with Sister Butler. She's going to get you registered new members orientation classes. God bless you. Kim, Kim has come. She has a statement she wants to make this morning. God bless you. Good morning. I feel like lately the devil has just been on my back, attacking me any way he can. Yesterday was a regular day. Um, the girls and I were heading to the Christmas parade going to visit some friends and um, we collided with an 18-wheeler on the way there my first thought was my baby's on that back seat it could have been worse it should have been worse I have a banged up truck that my baby's worried that everybody's gonna say is gonna look crazy but we walked away no bruises because it could have been so much worse. I don't know why the devil has been bothering me, why he's been on me, but I just ask for your prayers. I'm thankful for God. I'm thankful for his angels of protection that, that saved us. Yeah, yeah, bless you. And I just ask for your prayers. The word says that he will protect your going out and your coming in. You're going out and you're coming in. That's what he's done here, and we're gonna pray that he continues to do that. You hold on and hold out. God is going God ain't forgot about you. God ain't forgot about you. I don't care what the devil is doing. God is still in control. God is still in control. Amen. Y'all pray right now. Y'all pray right now. Who else do we have? Everybody else is for prayer. Amen. God bless you. All others are for prayer. We ask you to come now. Join us in this moment of prayer. God, right now, manifest your power. 
right now, God. Manifest your presence in the lives of these who have come asking for help. Lord, we know that your word says that we will lift up our eyes to the hills, believing that our help is coming from you, Lord. And so, Lord, even though our heads are bowed down right now, we're going to lift up our eyes. We're going to lift up our eyes, believing, God, that you are there, that you have not left us, that you are with us still. You are Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you, Lord, that you never leave us, that you never forsake us. And, and Lord, even in, in accidents, Lord, your providence is not jeopardized. In accidents, God, that, that your will is still stronger than anything that the devil would want to do. God, we bless you now. We thank you now in Jesus' name. Bless each one of these, my dear sisters, in the name of Jesus. Bless their lives. Bless their families. Bless the work of their hands. Bless their children, oh God, in Jesus' name. Lord, whatever they're going through, you know, oh God. And so, Lord, we just say, have your way, Lord. Do what you want to do in Jesus' name. Whatever your will is, oh God, we bless you. We love you. We thank you. God, fix it. Fix it, Lord. Touch it now. Heal it now. The pain, take it, God. The frustration, heal it, God. All that is wrong, make right. We trust that you can. And we believe that you will. And we're going to praise you like it's already done. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Christ is all, Christ is all, he's everything, oh Christ is all, Christ is all, if you're missing some keys, Brother Thickpin has them here, he rules the land, oh Christ, oh Christ, keys, you got keys over here, over there? Right there, Brother Dave, right there, right there, right there. God bless you. Christ is all, amen. All right, all right, God bless you. We're standing. Come on, won't you stand? And now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace.